Welcome to another episode of Healing Through Love. Each week, we share ideas, experiences, and resources to increase the awareness of domestic and family violence and to empower survivors to grow and thrive. We talk with experts who share their advice or with people who have experienced abuse, no matter where they are on their journey. This is all about healing through love. And now, here are your hosts, Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson. journey of empowerment with Stacey Chamella, a renowned speaker and 20-time best-selling author in episode number 86. I had, you know, told people about what had happened to me and people came out of the woodwork, helped me. They even sent me to Washington, D.C. to speak in front of Congress. And I, you know, I, I just kept going and going and going and I just wanted to help people. And, you know, I was re- really intrigued by how, you know, how we could help ourselves. Like when you're going through when you're going through a domestic violence or you're going through, you know, emotional violence, we're very, very vulnerable. We're, you know, and a lot of times our, our self-esteem is beat up. And I remember one person saying, to me, you know, she had a, a, a father who was an alcoholic and she had a very low self-esteem and she had such great qualities about her. And she looked at me and she said, you know, sometimes when some when someone tells you something so many times, you tend to believe it. And that's what happens, I think, with people that have emotional abuse and they have physical abuse in their lives is that they don't think they're worthy. You know, this is who these, this person is saying, you're no good. No, you're not going to make it. The Healing Through Love podcast with Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson. Hello and welcome to the Healing Through Love podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Lynch from charlenelynch.com. Healing Through Love is here to help victims and survivors of domestic and family violence find their way back to living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We interview experts and survivors who share their personal stories and offer advice to those who've experienced abuse, no matter where they are on the healing journey. As well as the Healing Through Love podcast, we hold annual pamper days here in Adelaide, South Australia for survivors of domestic and family violence, where local businesses come together and pay it forward with their services and resources to give a much needed day of indulgence. Think day spa on steroids. We're looking for organizations to to partner with us because today I'm like really proud to announce that Healing Through Love has gone global and we now currently have eight pamper days held in different cities around the globe. So if you feel in alignment with where we're going and what we're doing to help people heal through love, please reach out to us here at Healing Through Love. We'd love to connect with you. Yes, and every week we have amazing guests and this week is no different. I'd love you to meet our remarkable speaker and coach. She is a 20-time best-selling author with a track record like that. It's no wonder that she's been chosen as one of the top 10 entrepreneurs for 2023 with Apple News and showcased with, uh, featured with the Grit Daily. I can't wait to find out more about that. Additionally, this dynamic individual has made headlines, been featured in the Insider, Business Insider, the Yahoo News, they're attracting a whopping 17 million views. It, and the list just goes on. She's also <laughs> been guest stars at Dr. Oz Show five times and privileged to work with celebrities 
The list is huge. Without any more further ado, I'd love to introduce Stacey Chalimi. How are you? Oh, thank you so much, Charlene, for having me on the show. This has been an honor to be on your show. Thank you very much. It's such a privilege that you would be here in our space to help make a difference for our listeners. There has to be a reason why you do what you do. Nobody goes through this amount of effort and energy because uh, for nothing at all, like there's got to be a reason what got you to where you are right now. I think one of the things, uh, you know, I'll, I'll begin in a few seconds just to tell you my story. But one of the things that happened to me was that I got an email in the mail and one of the uh, individuals who had read my book, they said they found my book in Barnes and Nobles and they read it and they follow my regiment. And they said, I just want to say thank you because you saved my life. And they told me that they were on the verge of suicide. And it was right then and there where the light bulb went off. And I realized what my true purpose was. I can't tell you how, how, um, it's just, it's just an amazing feeling when you know that your words of wisdom actually saved another human being's life. I think we take for granted, you know, the words we say and the vocal cords we have, you know, whatever comes out of our mouth or gets put on a piece of paper or gets put on the internet, how deeply it can affect another human being. And when used correctly and responsibly, we could actually help others actually heal themselves and actually learn how to live a happy, healthy, and productive life. And when I saw how they, I affected someone else's life, and I know for a fact people came out of the woodwork to help me and how they affected my life, I knew right then and there my true calling was to help others. You know, I, at the age of five, I had a virus and an ear infection, and my par- parents heard a gurgling sound in the other room. My mother came into my room and she found me in a grandma seizure turning blue. They had rushed me to the hospital and they found that the virus had traveled to my brain caused encephalitis. And they immediately induced me into a four-day coma. And they said, most likely if she comes out, she'll be paraplegic or she'll have severe brain damage. And, you know, after the fourth day, my father, who was Greek, he was praying by my bedside and he, um, there used to be one church and one statue in Greece. And that statue um, used to, was known to have teardrops come down its eyes. And um, after he finished praying, he looked up and a teardrop rolled from my eyes. And I looked up at him and I said, daddy, can I have McDonald's French fries? And he was he was in shock and and thrilled at the same time. I wasn't paraplegic. I didn't have severe brain damage, but I did have epilepsy and life was a, a struggle for me. And not only did I have to deal with a chronic illness and I dealt with the ups and downs of trying to get through college and 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 being labelized and stigmatized in, in the big world and the corporate world because of my epilepsy, I also had to deal with problems from home. Um, unfortunately, my father wasn't very good at dealing with problems. He had a very uh, tough life growing up in Greece. You know, things were different back then. And when he came to America, um, he had met my mother who also had her own problems. And um, my father was always in denial. He always looked the other way and he never wanted to realize, you know, what was going on. And his way of dealing with things was basically to either uh, be a, work all the time or go to the racetrack. And so he he was one of those responsible gamblers, what you say. He didn't gamble too much where, you know, the house is in debt. He was a great provider, but he had scapegoats and he used them. My mother was a narcissist. Um, she was all, all about herself. She didn't know how to show love because 
she wasn't shown love as a child. So when it came to me, you know, she helped me with my epilepsy, you know, but there was one month where she would be a wonderful mother. And then the next month, all of a sudden, this different personality came out and she was very vindictive and very hurtful. And she purposely tried to do things that, um, that another mother wouldn't do to their child. So I never was physically abused, but I was emotionally abused. And I didn't have the support of my father because he knew that when he, in the beginning, when he tried to open his mouth, things got worse and worse. And the more he said things, the, the more vindictive and the more, um, things got bad at home. So I came from a house that didn't really have a lot of support and both of them didn't really know how to show love. You know, materialistically, both of them were great. I was came from a blue collar family and I was given everything I, you know, that a child needs to, in order to live a comfortable life, but I wasn't given love. Um, my mom did a lot of things emotionally. Um, and, you know, I grew up in a, in a household where, um, there was a lot of interaction, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming. I had to leave the house for a while because of, you know, some of the domestic, not dom more emotional, I guess, I guess you could say the emotional abuse. And, um, you know, I resorted to, you know, meeting the wrong crowds and trying to find people that I could relate to back then, because when you, you, you kind of attract the same energy when, you know, a lot of times you're afraid to, to, to tell others about your problems. So you look for people with similar problems and you, you know, and that's not always a good solution because you kind of feed off each other's negative energy. And it got to the point where, um, emotionally I was, I really, I didn't know how to really to love the right way. I knew there was a better life out there. I wanted to have a normal family. I didn't have a normal family. I didn't get the love that I really wanted. Um, even though I knew they loved me, they just didn't know how to show it. And my mother's actions of being a narcissist and, you know, back then they didn't diagnose you, but I would say my mother suffered from manic depression or, and bipolar. Um, but, uh, you know, in her eyes, life was completely different what reality was. And so when I got older, I met my husband in, in college and uh, he came from a, a very good structured family. And I learned a lot, you know, spending a lot of time with my husband and, and seeing what actual, you know, an actual healthy household was. Um, and I, I, you know, I tried to, you know, establish a new way of living through, you know, and I also reached out and I got help. Um, when I had left the house at age 16, you know, I was kind of forced to leave the house, you know, uh, with the rules and regulations of our, our state. And, you know, I was put, you know, um, in forced to care. And then I was put into, um, I was put, I, I went into another area um, where they gave therapy and they helped you and they, they taught you different ways of, of uh, dealing with, with problems. So, you know, I've learned from my own therapy, you know, it's very, therapy is, is very beneficial, but it also is very painful because you, you go down and you really, you see those repressed emotions, you know, and you have to deal with them. And when you bring them up to surface, it could be a very painful event. And, um, you know, but it, at the end, it's it's very relieving. And to this day, I still use the tools, techniques and strategies that I learned. And it put me on the right path. I met my husband. He had a structured family. By then, I was I was actually utilizing what I was taught. So it wasn't that I I went there, 
learned it and then didn't apply it, I wanted a better life. I knew in the, in the back of my head, I had goals, I had dreams, I had aspirations. And I was determined, you know, between having a chronic illness, between living in a, in a, in a household that had emotional abuse, you know, and living with, um, you know, I didn't want that for myself. I wanted better. I had, I had goals and I was determined to re re reach those goals. And so when I met my husband, I, I finished school, I went into the corporate world and, um, I, you know, life took me to on a completely different journey and I ended up becoming a writer, a coach, um, helping others, you know, others had come out of the woodwork when I was in my lowest times, helped me. And, um, and when I saw how, how I was impacting other people's lives, I knew it was my true calling to help others because living with, um, emotional abuse or even physical abuse, because I saw a lot of people, you know, in similar situations have to deal with physical abuse. And sometimes you wonder, you know, I wrote an article, I don't, you, you don't know when you compare the two, which one is worse. And when I, when I got answers, it pretty much was almost 50, 50, you know, and, uh, you know, I I spent my rest of my life just trying to help others because I, I'm very grateful of how others helped me. And I wrote lots of books going through life. I'm a big advocate for positive, the, the power of positive thinking, gratitude, kindness, really giving, giving back to the world. And uh, really, you know, I think everything I've gone through between my chronic illness, between having a dysfunctional family, between overcoming everything and overcoming unhealthy habits, I was able to actually um, utilize all those tools and actually you use them to help others. And that's where I spent the rest of my life was advocating for others, helping others, and then find and putting together a holistic lifestyle that could help others as well. Not having always to utilize medications and stuff like that. You know, sometimes medication is necessary, but a lot of times we could help ourselves through different tools and techniques and, and, and healthy living. I, I love it. I feel like we're kindred sisters. <laughs> I must have got a home at 15 and uh, so, but I didn't go to foster care. Uh, so th that's a different story, but yeah, you know, it, I think it teaches us a level of resilience to yeah. be leaving that environment. And uh, I suppose we have to look back and see the positive in that, yeah. that, uh, that was, that was for us, not, <laughs> you know, that the whole situation. Yeah designed for us as opposed to, to you know done to us so that exactly. we're in victim space rather than that victim space yes and also as a woman who has um I've got I'm ably different as well so not disabled but ably different and mm -hmm. uh, what I've understood now is that it's taught me so many lessons so my question to you is how has this epilepsy how has this what what lessons have you learned from from this challenge? Well, growing up with a chronic illness, and in the beginning, I was in denial myself. But then, you know, as I got older, um, you know, I I had in college, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to complete it because at college, my seizures, the late night study, and the stress, my seizures went went through the roof and it got to the point where that was on my bucket list. I wanted to go to college. I had these golden aspirations that I was telling you about. And I didn't know if I was actually going to be able to finish. I, it was, it was just getting, you know, uh, uh, physically it, and emotionally, it was getting too much, you know, my body couldn't handle it. And it was, and so what I did was I wrote a letter and in the United States, we have these foundations called the epilepsy foundation and they have magazines back then they had magazines. I probably everything's on digital now, but 
back then we actually had magazines and I wrote an article and I said, how do people with epilepsy cope? How do they get through life? How do they get through these obstacles that they have to go through? And they published it. And I got three to 400 letters from all over the United States and Canada, people sharing their stories, sharing how they cope with it. And for the first time in my life, I realized I wasn't alone because during my whole life, I felt like I was alone. I went to the library, four or five books written by doctors and medical terminology. If you weren't a doctor, if you weren't in the medical field, you had no clue what these, these, you know, what these scholars were writing. It just went over your head. And I wanted a book on how to cope, how to cope. How do we cope with life with a chronic illness, with a mental illness, with anything, anxiety, whatever there, they were no books about that. And so I, you know, I use those letters to create my own life regimen. And I, and later on in life, I said to myself, I'm going to write a book and I'm, I'm used a lot of those letters. I created the regiment and, and on that way, you know, I had started after I graduated, I, I graduated college and I, I got into the big corporate world. I was living, I got a really great job. I was living, you know, any girl that just got out of college, you know, their dream job, you know, um, and life was great. And then one day I had a seizure. I fell to the ground. There was nowhere to hide. I was awake and conscious during the seizure, but I couldn't move. And one of the corporate executives just walked and stepped right over me and kept walking and I couldn't believe it to myself. I said, oh, my God, I can't believe that guy just stepped over me. He didn't stop to pick me up. He didn't stop to help me. Nothing. No care in the world. And I think that's how people with have that have emotional or or physical, you know, violence in their home field, because it's like no care. Where's the care? Where's the love? And, you know, and then 30 minutes later, an associate producer came over and said, Stacy, you do such a great job, but I'm sorry, you don't meet the qualifications, you know, and I knew it was because I had the seizure. They didn't want anything to do with me because of that. I walked out of there with my head up high. I said, one day I will be a success. I didn't give up on myself. I refused to give up on life. I refused to stay stuck. I said, one day I am going to reach my, my dreams. I'm going to make my dreams, my reality. And I walked out of there and then, you know, I started my own writing business. I met a lot of people now that are, are really high in the corporate world that were just starting out back then. And I was doing a lot of writing for them and researching. And I happened to come across an herbalist and he said, I need a lot of research and writing down a holistic living supplements, vitamins, this and that. I started doing it and I, I was saying, wow, a lot of this could apply to my life and, and help me. And then I started to apply a lot of the things I was learning and my seizures went from 12 to 11, 10, 9 to 8 to the point they were controlled. So with the utilization of medication, holistic living, changing my sleeping, changing the way I was living, changing the way I dealt with stress, I created different ways to cope with stress. And like you, I also learned that you could take every negative thing that happens to you and pull something positive out of it. You know, you take a negative thing that happens to you and say, well, it made me stronger. It gave me experience. Now I know for the next time that I could do this. I'm capable of this because I, I did this and I utilize all that in my head. And I started to just focus on, on holistic living, living a healthy and happy life, trying and creating goals, creating short-term goals, long-term goals, and just keep moving forward. And then when I started to help people through my writing and people were responding to me and I wrote my first book and then my first book became a bestseller and someone had, like I told you earlier, wrote me an email and thanked me because I saved their life. I knew right then and there what my purpose in life was. And I just, you know, and, and during that time, 
I had, you know, told people about what had happened to me and people came out of the woodwork, helped me. They even sent me to Washington, D.C. to speak in front of Congress. And I, you know, I, I just kept going and going and going and I just wanted to help people. And, you know, I was re really intrigued by how, you know, how we could help ourselves. Like when you're going through when you're going through a domestic violence or you're going through, you know, emotional violence, we're very, very vulnerable. We're, you know, and a lot of times our, our self-esteem is beat up. And I remember one person saying to me, you know, she had a, a, a father who was an alcoholic and she had a very low self-esteem and she had such great qualities about her. And she looked at me and she said, you know, sometimes when some when someone tells you something so many times, you tend to believe it. And that's what happens, I think, with people that have emotional abuse and they have physical abuse in their lives is that they don't think they're worthy. You know, this is who these, this person is saying, you're no good. No, you're not going to make it. You're, you're, you're a piece of crap, you know, and this and that. And then you start to believe it. And then you don't think that you're worthy or strong enough to go out there. Or you lived in a, in a, in a, in a you know, 70% of families come from uh, dysfunctional homes. And what happens is every generation, the you, you don't realize it, but you, you kind of rotate it. You marry into the same type of qualities that man or woman you meet. I guarantee you has the qualities of your dysfunctional husband or wife or partner. You know, you you tend to the the unhealthy behaviors you learn from from living in an unhealthy environment as a child. You take that and and you sometimes you do it and you don't even realize you're doing the you're copying those behaviors. So it snowballs and the dysfunctionalism keeps going and going and going until you have stop it and until you say I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm better than that. And that's where we have to try to help people is, is when they're emotionally or physically abused, they have to realize that they, that it's this is not the life they 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 should be living. They're better than that. They deserve more. They, you know, they're they deserve a happy, healthy, and, and productive life. And they could have it. And then showing them, you know, in baby steps how to get there. Mm. Oh, there's so much to unpack in that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to begin. So this is the reasons why we need to read the books so that we have <laughs> Yes, and so something that our audience has in common is, you know, these things that happen for us that at one point in time feel like they've been done to us, uh, that that keeping hold of the hope that there is more that that you will survive like for yourself yeah. you know, moving through the foster care system uh, knowing that they were having challenges at school and struggling through that and then you know the situation that happened corporate how do you keep the faith how do you keep leaning in and moving forward when you're in that face of adversity and things don't seem to be presenting as they should like it's one thing after the next how do you keep that hope to move forward i actually wrote a poetry book called faith coverage wisdom strength and hope and i find that those are the keys having faith and you don't have to be religious to have faith you just have to believe in something whether it's your higher power whether it's angels whether it's the universe whether it's god whether it's jesus whether it's the buddha you have to have faith in something. There is something out there. I truly believe you know, we, we have the universe out there. We have angels. We have spiritual guides. We have people watching over us. The world is too, when you look at the, the nature of the world, everything we have 
we wouldn't be alive if it was for the energy that we have. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't have oxygen if there wasn't trees. There's, there's a purpose, there's something out there and we have to hold on to the faith. And I believe when you call out to the universe, the universe shall answer. And I, you know, and, and having hope, you can't give up. You can't give up because if you really look at it, you know, everything I've gone through in life and I've gone through some pretty crazy things. And even my mother has done some pretty crazy things that no normal mother would do to their child. I never gave up hope. I never gave up hope. And, you know, I, I refuse, you know, I knew there was something out there that was better and wisdom, just being able to, you know, take what you learn and use it in a positive way. You know, it made me stronger. It made me see life differently. And even with my chronic illness, I wouldn't look at people today the same way if I didn't have this chronic nail illness. And when I do public speaking events, I will I'll say that on stage and people will look at me like I have six heads. But you know what? If I lived in that corporate world and I was living the life the same way those people were living and I got to that level of success, I wouldn't be so empathetic. I wouldn't be so caring. I wouldn't have gratitude. Those people didn't have those, those, those characteristics. They were just backstabbing each other to get to a higher position. And I, so I wouldn't be that loving person that I am today, you know, and, and I, I feel that, you know, we said faith, courage, wisdom, strength, you know, between all the obstacles you go through, you get strength. Don't let life beat you down. And, you know, there was a point where I felt like every time I moved three steps forward, I got back, knocked back two steps, but I, I kept getting up and I kept trying to move forward. Don't give up, never give up. You know, I, I believe there's a purpose and a journey for each of us out there. And we have to, we have to really, you know, just listen. And I always love a med meditation because when you clear your mind and you clear your thoughts, you know, sometimes things come to us. Have you ever had, maybe you're listening to music or you listen to a soft sound and then thoughts just rush through your head. I believe the signs from the universe, just talking to us and, and listen to what your heart says. I don't believe it's the mind that controls us. I believe it's the heart. Listen to what your heart says. You know, when you think of it, we all have intuition. You know, when we think, you know, if, if you have ever been walking down the street and, and, and you're about to do something and something inside you said, no, 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 don't do that. You know, and and then when we go against ourselves, a lot of times it doesn't work out the best. But when we listen to our intuition, you know, good things happen. So it's like really understanding ourselves, understanding our body, understanding what our body needs, understanding what our mind needs. We need to feed our, our, our mind, our heart and our body with fuel, positive energy, you know, and it's and you have to be around positive people. Mm. You have to get rid of the negativeness in your life. And, you know, and you could have good people in your life that have good hearts, but they're very negative. You know, you have to start separating and distancing yourself from those people, because when you're around positive people that, you know, have your back and, you know, if you fall, they're going to catch you. Those are the people you want to be around and you want to be around people that are at a little higher status than you. So if they overcame domestic violence, if they overcame emotional abuse, those are the people you want to focus on because how did they do it? You know, what did they do, you know, and, and learn from them and absorb their information and just don't listen, use it, try it and don't be afraid you know, don't be afraid to be on your own. If it comes to the point where you feel you need to get out of this terrible situation, don't be afraid because whatever you put your mind to, you could accomplish whatever you put your mind to. It's hard work, anything, but you could do it. 
anybody can do it if we put our minds together. Oh, it is so true. Proximity is power. And we are the average of our five closest friends. I love this. I love this, Stacey. We uh, we need to wrap up. I've been we've been talking for twenty five minutes. Look at us. <laughs> I, I do um, want to help our audience have a better understanding of how they can work with you. So maybe you could just explain that. Okay. So I, you know, I do a lot of coaching. I help a lot of people. I teach people how to rise above the chaos, become courageous and move forward in life to reach their true potential. I work with people from all different types of issues. And, um, you know, you can find me on coachstacychalemi.com. I also was telling you before we we went on air that I have a journal called the Positivity and Gratitude Journal. You know, sometimes we have to really think about, you know, the things that in our lives that are good, because sometimes when we go through domestic violence and we go through emotional um, uh, um, abuse, we tend to lose hope and we lose positivity and we focus on the negative and we lose gratitude. Well, let's take some time out to see what in our life is positive and be thankful and have some gratitude in our lives. And that itself will build and help to strengthen us. And journaling is the best tool to get those emotions out and to start healing. So that's what that book is all about. It's about, yeah, it's about healing and journaling and really come to realizations with who you are as a person. So that's why I made that journal. And, you know, I do a lot of coaching. I have, you know, different books on positivity and and, and poetry books and stuff like that. All that can be found on my website and you could contact me, you know, just type my name in and you'll find me on the, on the internet somewhere. And I'm here to help. I love to coach. I love to help people. And that's what I'm here for. I love it. And in closing, you've also got another website that specializes in the nutrition aspect. Can we quickly cover yes. that? Sure. It's called Wellness Essentials. And it's it's called it's Wellness Essential with, with just essential, no S. So wellnessessential.store. And I have a lot of different vitamins and supplements and different things to help you with anxiety, stress, depression, keeping your mind clear and focused, calmness, you know, things that we go through when we go through these types of problems. And, you know, naturally, you know, there are ways that we can do use different types of supplements. So we don't have to go and always go to, you know, using medications, because those medications can be very harsh on the body, they're addictive. And they can also create more symptoms that, you know, that you don't even realize you're getting from the medication. So I'm not a doctor and I'm not telling you how to live your life, but, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't hurt to try. Oh, I love it. I love it. As an advocate myself for not taking any medicine, <laughs> not even Panadol, um, mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that nature does hold the answers um, that and you know, let's face it. Let's start with water. <laughs> Most of us are not hydrated. It's been fantastic, yeah. Stacey, to reach out. And for listeners, the descriptions here, we will have those URLs in the show notes and in the show descriptions. You all you'll have to do is just press a link. It's fabulous. And thank you so much for joining us today, Stacey. Oh, in thank you so much for having me. Uh, such a privilege. In a world where shadows often fall in the corners of our lives. There is a beacon of hope and it's healing through love. We're a community dedicated to shifting awareness on domestic and family violence and transforming pain into empowerment. Every story matters. Every voice can make a difference. Join us as we journey together towards healing through love. Your support, your voice can light up the darkness. 
healing through love because everyone deserves a life free from fear. Together, we can make it a reality. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Healing Through Love. You can get further resources, see the show notes, or simply reach out to us via our website at htlaustralia.org. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to your company next time on the Healing Through Love podcast. Oh,